Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, brother? <laughs> well, hello out there in Internet Radio Land. Welcome to our our program. Program. So, uh, our program. I love saying <laughs> that. I love saying that we have a program. Well, some t- <laughs> usually programs have like, you know, a very like, like an outline of what you're going to do. Well, we, yeah, do, we well, do not. Well, we don't. We don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, come I'm on, JB, you're maybe killing maybe. me here. Uh, well technically <laughs> well I, I mean we kind of do don't we it's it's I mean, just it's it's sort of free form it is free form it's like it's, it's, it's like a it's like a podcast improvisation right exactly yeah. exactly yeah no because i have some uh starting up a new podcast and you know, they had this whole like release date thing and doing wow. all this other stuff. And like, they don't record live that, you know, neither do we, but, uh, but yeah, they do a lot of editing and everyone's kind of been like, all right, well, let's wait for the release of this, of this show. And then, you know, it's kind of like, well, we've been editing for three days. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about that you had to edit for three days? Holy mackerel. So, that's how professional it could get. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how seriously we could be taking things. Yeah, we're professional. That's what we are. <laughs> we're professional. <laughs> <laughs> we're not professional. We're professional, yo. Work. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to make a shirt that just says professional. 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 Professional <laughs> podcaster. Right. Professional Professional, professional broadcaster. I don't know. Like, I, it, it's kind of interesting, though. I mean, when you really think about it, we do this thing on the internet, and I'm 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 assuming that that doesn't necessarily qualify us to be broadcasters because we're not really broadcasting. You know, we're podcasting. We're podcast. I mean, I don't know. Is yeah. it? I, I mean, broad. But we but we are. We are broadcasting over. I mean, we're we're, we're we, we may as well be on. The, we're just not using radio. Well, we are in a sense using radio frequencies. Because I mean, we are in. We are connected to. For me, for me, for instance, right now, I'm doing this on my phone. As we've explained to folks, we don't have a ton of crazy equipment and all that stuff. I'm literally on my phone right now doing this show. I'm just connected to my Wi-Fi. Yeah. Same, same here. So my, and obviously my Wi-Fi is connected to my internet. And the Wi-Fi is connected to, to the, the internet. internet. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yep. To the satellite. Uh, right. Well, and or to the to to the tower. Yeah, the I guess. Tower? It, what is it connected? It's not connected to the tower. No, not the Wi. I don't think Wi-Fi. It's connected. Uh, Your internet. Hmm. 
Uh, so, so then, okay, it depends on what time you have. Just, now, suddenly, have suddenly we've really labeled ourselves as somehow illiterate as far as this whole thing is concerned. Like, you know what? How does, you, the, I, how does the internet work? You know what I, you know what I missed uh, on Jay Leno when he was the host of The Tonight Show? And he would go on the street and ask people basic questions, right? right and, right. and let me tell you people, when you have kids... And then they ask you a basic question like, how does Wi-Fi work? Could you answer that without having to look it up? Like, I mean, look, like what we're doing right now, we're just, you know, reverse engineering. Well, it's got to go to a satellite. Well, I, I, it does. I, I, and I'm, I'm just shooting in the dark here. But I think that the way that this works, and I may be completely crazy, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. My house is hardwired to a network. Yeah, that is the cable network. The cable, the cable network goes to wherever their main facility is. Now it is at that facility that they are receiving satellite transmission. Why do they need satellite transmission? I don't know. Well, if it where the hell's it come from if that if it's not a satellite there? Where's it? Where the, the their head? What their like their place is, is? No, it just comes from a server. And if it's hardwired, ah, it's hardwired. Ah, server. Yeah, I've so remember we talked about this whole <laughs> we we talked about this whole um, uh, you know, my venture into broadcasting live television through a phone ten years yes, ago, right? Yeah. Yep. So. Part of our company actually had servers uh, from, you know, that were in downtown Dallas. Ours, ours happened to be right next to Cinemark, the company okay. Cinemark's servers and yep. Google's. Okay. We had, we had one little stall that had our server on there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's how people, when they entered the IP address to get to our website, then... They would they would log on and that IP address would point them to to the app where the app was, and then that's how we broadcasted stuff over uh, over the the internet. Okay. So so really, the 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 internet is is much like a phone line, except a lot faster. You use servers, and those servers, the all those IP addresses that we have to get to places, and you know back and forth, back and forth. So some, some, ser- some places like Google will have floors of servers, if not warehouses of servers. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, and then so, the, that's, so that's the, how it works. The speed of your internet is based on how, how fast the line is. So like, you know, some people have optical right. internet and some people have cable. Well, op- the optical the information's going to flow faster, so then it'll it'll go faster through that. Right. Now your wi your Wi Fi is actually the wireless part of your internet. It's it's just the wireless part. See, this these are all things that are completely foreign to me. I and I am not. It just I, it just works. I, don't... I I know I know I just and I freely admit this to the listening audience here right now. That when it comes to the whole technology thing, I really am 
just I I don't know anything about it really. I I just sort of it's like with the televisions. It's like with the, it's like with television. You get the television that is now it's like eight K and it's got all these numbers and ten eighty I and what I don't what the hell does all of that mean? You know what? Here's 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 the next invention. Are you ready? Okay. Standing right. by. Standing standing I, by. To my knowledge, and I've done this before, and I thought it was the greatest idea, and uh, it turned out somebody else had invented it, right? But to my knowledge, this has not been in, this is this hasn't been patented yet. Okay. Right. But. It, and, and it would only work, really, if you were, like, by yourself. But okay. check this out, right? You make a TV that adjusts to your eyesight. Oh, God. So you don't have to wear glasses when you're watching TV. That would be pretty amazing. I don't know exactly that, but... I mean, maybe you'd sit there when you first buy it, and what, you, like, you set the, like, you get the settings just right? It would just you would just have like you know you could have like a pro you could have like a profile. But what would happen if like you had your if you had your profile and you could set it for yourself, but then like you couldn't watch TV with anybody else, well because their eyes aren't like your eyes. Listen, listen. Okay, this is Rev One, right? But it's it's this is R and this is R and D happening right now. And and you know what? (laughs) How you could do it is your profile. So uh, it's just. Basically, it's reprojecting the image to you wherever you're like, like you, you would definitely have to have like face recognition, eye recognition. Um, you could probably type in your your uh, uh, your eye um, prescription. And then, all right, I'm sit. it'll recognize where you're at. And then from that angle, it could project the 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 corrected vision from your angle and then if your wife was next to you it would face recognize her and project hers to her 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 prescription to her okay it's gonna do this all from one television yeah okay that that that's gonna that's gonna take some serious like pretty intensive revolutionary technology to make that happen I can only imagine. I mean, if you're honestly going to have a television that you're going to have a group of people, you have six people there, and it's somehow going to be able to to attune its 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 image individually for every person in the room. Uh, that's pretty high speed, man. That's like that's like that's like two thousand one a space odyssey. Hey, man, we're we're <laughs> we're twenty twenty. Hey, we're on cell phones, right? And hey, Captain Kirk back, had a had a transmitter. Back to the Future predicted, uh, you know, uh, FaceTime and stuff. Yeah, I yep. I, st- I still want the the you get the the package of dehydrated food and you put it in the micro the rehydrogenator and then, the rehydrogenator. <laughs> I want that, and you know, and then and then there's pizza, right? Bam. Yep. Or well, what was that thing that Aunt May? When she was cooking in Star Wars, and it was that thing there, and then she put something in there. Like, what kind of food did they eat in Star Wars? I don't know. They had the blue milk. Yeah. And that seemed pretty tasty because nobody made a face when they tried it. That's right. I mean, honestly, you could make, well, I mean, 
that's almost like that's almost like you remember when they had uh, Count Chocula. I think they still sell that, don't they? Count Chocula, yeah, yeah. They Count Chocula, and they had Booberry. Yes, and they had to take Booberry off the market. Like way back when it first came out, they had to take it off the market for a while because it was turning all the kids' poop blue. Oh, so yeah, well, <laughs> they were like, the, uh, we, that, they're like, that? Uh, we have a problem. <laughs> what's that? Um, what's that red flavoring? It's Nanoxyl red, nine, red, red number five, number something. Well, that's you know, red five. Yeah. Anybody? I don't know what that is. I, I'm just guessing. But they've said they've tried to tag that to like you know kids getting like you know autism, ADHD, and stuff. It's like it's the oh, dye. Like, it's the red it's dye. The, yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows what that's all about? Have you ever that tried is... to get your kids to to drink out of a water hose? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we. I'm sure we did. Like probably years ago when they were younger. Yeah, I mean, but then again, it's it's it's, 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 it's kind it's kind of it's kind of crazy though. I mean, it I, one of the things I cannot wait for, dude. I cannot wait to Jennifer and I have never lived in a house, at least since we've been together, like out of our parents' houses and on our own. We've never lived in a place that had a well. Oh. Every place that we've lived has been on some sort of municipal water system. Yeah. And I cannot wait until we are in a place because it is just, and don't get me wrong. I know like her parents have had all sorts of issues over the years. They have a well out at their place. They live out in the country um, and they've had all sorts of issues with their well. Uh, The water's really hard. Yeah. So they have to have, they have a water softener in the basement that, you know, cause I know like Jennifer, like if, if we're there for a prolonged period of time, like if she's showering every day and wa- she has to be careful about how much she's washing her hair because the water will start to damage her hair. It'll start to get funky. Um, for a while they had an issue where you would literally have to turn on the shower and let it run for a couple minutes. Cause when it would first come out of the shower head, it was like rusty. But that wasn't anything to do with the house. It had to do with what was going on at the bottom of the well, that it was pulling up some sort of silt or something down there. So people do have issues, but by and large, especially here in Maine, I will tell you that the that the water table here, by and large, tends to be some of the most pure water in the world. Um, so it's delicious. You really can taste this this really clean, uh, really clean water. But I just, man, there have been some places that we've lived on municipal water where, good Lord, like, you wouldn't want your kids drinking out of the hose. San Diego, the water in San Diego is dumb. <laughs> I, 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 you, ta- you can literally, you drink it out of the font, you can taste, like, bleach in the water because they have to run it through so much crap at which the is, water truck. Which is crazy to me because they get down there and in L.A., they get most of their water from up north, and it it's it it just flows down downstream basically to well, San Diego and uh, L.A. That's part that's part of it. But what they've actually had to start doing is in in San Diego they've actually they started building these water like water treatment facilities 
But what it was doing was taking wastewater and cleaning it for reuse. Think about that. Okay, I mean, I I like the movie Dune, and that's how they get water. Well, I know, <laughs> and I will say that's a totally different tangent because that re-release of that is coming oh, out soon. I know, I can't oh, wait. Oh, dude, it is going to be awesome. The cast, awesome. Alone. Oh yeah, I mean, I know some people out there right now are like, oh god, Dune, but I mean, you, I and I admit it, like I, I'm not like a way deep, deep, you know. I didn't read the books, but I like. That is a cult classic movie. It is. Absolutely it is. And that's that's what I'm saying. I'm not so heavy into sci-fi that I'm like, well, did you read the book? Like, I'm not that level. Nope. And, um, I, and I didn't watch the TV show that much either. No, 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 no. I mean, I will say, though, uh, one series that I have not watched yet that I have heard from friends is absolutely awesome is Clone Wars. On TV. The cartoon? The, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I, my kids actually, watch that. I've, dude, I have heard from friends that it is. it looks like a kid's show, but the writing and the storyline of it is just absolutely awesome. It is not what you think. When you see that animation, you're like, eh, it's for the kids. That it really is very, very cool. Apparently, um, there's a lot of, uh, like, uh, gap fillers. Yes, exactly. Like things that that help explain the Even the story. Darth Maul is a big figure mm-hmm. in the, in that in that show from from what right. I hear. And like I say, I mean, I'm I'm not like super su- like with Star Wars. That's another example. I mean, I never read any of the I never read any of the Star Wars books. I mean, I watched the movies. And... I was too loyal to the movies to go off off script. Yeah, no, I get that, it. That that was me. Like, no, I'm like, yeah. And I think that, I, I mean, and I do appreciate the fact, we probably talked about this before. And my parents just, didn't have a basement. <laughs> Your parents didn't have a basement? Yeah. Oh, for, for you to live in? Yeah. <laughs> I lo- Well, there was a time, there was a time when I spent a good amount of time in my parents' basement. But to be honest <laughs> with you, all, a lot. I, all I do... <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I spent a, I spent a lot of time in my parents' basement behind a drum set, though. <laughs> okay, there. And you go. <laughs> I, I will tell you that those hours, those hours paid huge, huge dividends for me as a player. I mean, just because I would go down. This was before CDs. I, I mean, I would go down there with. Uh, I had like a, a ghetto blaster, you know, like a boombox. Yep. And I would have. It you ran know. on twelve D batteries. Oh yeah, yeah, like giant D batteries. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only fucking D batteries. It was, it was the worst because, of course, I mean, it would only last for a couple hours. The batteries would be dead. Yeah, we still have but, a, a flashlight that requires D batteries. Oh yeah, yep. I think we have a camping lantern that does the same thing. All right, so back uh, to the basement. But no, the base. <laughs> I mean, I would sit and just play like Zeppelin one. Or Zeppelin two, like all those, er- like those early Zeppelin albums, and uh, God, my brother had Bad Company by Bad Company, and this was a turntable. I would sit there and listen to the record, and play the drum set with the record playing, which is sort of shocking because you'd think the needles skip all over the place. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Bad Company by Bad Company, Deep Purple, Machine Head. Uh, there was a freaking he had a. a Aerosmith Greatest Hits album. 
Uh, the, and that was early on. Back yeah. in Black by ACDC. The, the, the first greatest hits album. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. The the very first one. Great. It, it, for their catalog, it's almost like having that, that. Now that's what I call music, and they're up into the 50s now. Not, oh, yeah. Greatest Hits, Volume 4, uh-huh. Volume 5. Yeah, no, it gets it gets crazy. But yeah, dude, I would just sit down there and just... I'd, and I'd hear all these licks and try to be like, oh, man, what is, you know, like, what's John Bonham playing there? And I, obviously there was stuff that was way beyond my capability because, I mean, he's was amazing. How the uh, fuck did he play Levy Breaks? Uh... Right, exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing is, like, I'd sit there and listen and I'd just play along with the song, man. But I'll tell you what it did for me, especially as a drummer, is it at an early age, it really helped me to establish a a well in a, a well ingrained sense of time mm. um because you're playing with the record you know you're either on or you're off and especially a guy like i mean especially a guy like john bonham who was just you know a human metronome who was on uh, <laughs> oh all, all the time uh you know and then i sort of you know then i sort of you know, grew and I wanted to, you know, I, I started, was introduced to Rush and then I wanted to be like Neil Peart and that dude's a ridiculous machine too. Uh, but of course that was one of those things. It's like, if I could ever be like anybody, I'd be want to be like Neil Peart, right? Which is like, I, I just, I've, I've never had, I've never had the time in my life to be able to dedicate what would be required to assume that level of prowess proficiency on the kit because it's just I, there's too much stuff going on in my life <laughs> to be able to do that i hear these stories man like you hear these stories i remember years ago uh steve Vai was putting out i think this was his second solo album passion and warfare which is a favorite of me and my buddies back when we were in high school it's an amazing album uh but he he had gotten called up in the middle of him doing that album in the studio. He got called up by white snake because they needed a new lead guitarist for the slip of the tongue album, which of course you have to love the white snake albums. They always had the classiest titles. Of course uh, the, the misogyny uh, itself is so slide, slide it in and slip of the tongue, uh, you know, but they, they called him up and basically it was a big deal. Like he was hired. He wasn't really a part of the band. They were going to throw you a ton of money if you come and do this album and, uh, you know, you come out on tour with us, which I saw them on tour with Vi, and he was freaking amazing, as always. But my point being that when he was making this solo album, one of the things that he was talking about was that he was he was playing for literally eight hours a day. And that even as great as that album was, he felt like he hadn't, he wasn't able to produce the quality album that he really wanted to because he had been called away with the whole white snake thing. So, you know, having to share the time there, he didn't have enough time to really dedicate, you know, the time to the solo album that he wanted to, which blows your mind. Cause when you listen to certain tracks on that album, you're just like, you can't even figure out what this dude's playing. Just absolutely superhuman right. virtuosic guitar work yeah uh but have that time i mean i can't even imagine you imagine having eight hours a day to just wood shit well, I, and, I don't even and that's i don't the, even think i could do that that's 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 the thing too with you know we've talked about any kind of professional golfer baseball like what do they do 
when that's um, what they do. They play, they eat and they work out and yes. then they, you know, yeah, it's, it's insane. But is it really because as you know, uh, playing an instrument and I've, and I've talked to my kids about this, the whole, like it takes 10,000 hours to get good at, to be good at something. Right. And, you know, we, we've done the math and it's like 20 years. I'm just guessing, but, uh, right. but yeah, it, that, that's the amount of time it takes. And, you know, as a professional in anything, whether it, it and it could be carpentry, you know what I mean? It, it could be being an artist. It's like, you know? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I think that that's the thing though. And it's, and it's carpentry. Yeah. Uh, like woodworking. I mean, I look at, are you, are you, uh, friends on facebook with uh ben bartholomew yeah yeah he does some good shit dude oh my god like for folks who for folks who who don't know who ben is he was the he was the officer in charge of the uh marine detachment uh for the at the naval school of music anyway uh retired a couple years ago and he had been doing he had been doing woodwork sort of had a side thing and now this is what he does for a living. And he, I, I, we probably, I could share something on the, on the page or whatever. He has a, he has a, I think he does like YouTube videos now. Uh, and he had a thing where he would share quick little videos on Facebook and you'd be looking at some of this stuff that he does, man. And I didn't talk to him about it and how, like, I mean, when he's creating a piece of furniture, it's a one of a kind item. I, and his idea is is that when he's creating something for you, it's something that you it's like a legacy item for you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I, I like, remember him like check out the dovetails on this, you know. Right. I'm I mean like, and I don't even know anything about cool. that stuff. Right. I'm like, okay, what's that? But then I, I realize when you're watching the video and he's like using some little tool and shaving these little like shavings of wood off, and I'm like, Good God, man, like it's serious. <laughs> have you? Uh, it's have, art. Artwork. Have you seen the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and there's the the, the one l- little comic relief in that movie is the fact that he tries to build a rocking chair, and like he finishes one and he sits down in it and he starts rocking it and it goes apart and then he's going right. to he's going to talk to the British and he goes in there and he's inspecting. They're rocking chairs. Like, right, because he wants to see how they're made. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. okay, let's see. But, you know, amongst other yeah. things. That, that's no, the same the, thing. Like, No, exactly. And that's, like you say, that's a matter of, that's something that, and I'm just using, I'm using Ben as, a, as, a, as an example. Because uh, that's obviously something that he's been doing for years and years and years. I mean, getting to that point, and he's just one of many, because I know there are a lot of folks out there. I, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are into the woodworking thing. I've never gotten into that. But it really is something that you have to have a passion for, um, as with sort of any artistic endeavor. I mean, you have to really want to do it, really enjoy doing it, uh, to dedicate that kind of time. It's the same thing as playing music. I mean... Uh, I had a friend over... And we're hanging out in the garage. I was like, hey, man, you want to paint something? What? Oh, no, I can't paint. I can't. I was like, yeah, you can. And so I was like, hey, we'll do it together. You know, I'll do one, you do one. 
and I got them out of stencil and I'm like, yeah, just spray paint this and like, or you paint it however you want. And a lot of that stuff too is like, especially as an adult, right? Uh, right. Like it's, it's like, well, I, it, this is wrong. It's like, no, it's, it's art. It's your art. It's your vision. Yeah, it's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and that, I think that's one of the reasons too, to me, I find like doing stuff like that is very just uh, therapeutic and, sure. and this isn't music. And I think that's why, like those, uh, like in the past, where you go out uh, and you go and do kind of like a paint by numbers thing, and you right. drink yeah, wine yeah. or beer or whatever. I think that's why those are so popular now, is because like, oh, look what I did, you know, and and, and you you can't screw it up. But really, they just say here, this is paint this uh, this statue however you want. And a lot of adults are like, well, I don't even know where to start. So I don't even want to do this. Yeah. But I think that that's where it's ha- I think that that's where, because I've never been to, to one of those things before. Um, they walk you through the cup. Like, all right, here's that's, color that's palette. Ex- exactly. You have somebody there who knows what they're doing. And they're sort of, like you say, they're sort of walking you through that process. Like, this is what you do. You mix this with that. And it does this, whatever. Um, from, Meanwhile, you know, from. Meanwhile, you want like Mr. Miyagi talking to Danielson about how to cut the bonsai tree, and he's like, "It's yours." Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, hey, did you you know something? Who knew that bamboo grew in Maine? Really? Dude, it's crazy. I have, I, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm nuts, people. Maybe I'm crazy. I do not ever remember coming across bamboo. What the? F- in all the years that I've been in and out of this state, that has to ever. That's that's, that's that's not indigenous bamboo. I don't know. All I know is what? that we're at Mr. Maine I, doesn't know about dude, Maine. Dude, does dude does honestly does bamboo seem like an indigenous thing to this like alpine climate? I don't know. But it's very weird, man. Like, I got this kid at work, this kid, Andrew, and he's having to go outside and, like, sort of clean up some of the weeds and all this stuff outside of the building we're working in. And he's out there with a hatchet chopping down freaking bamboo. And I said to him the other day, he's bringing, he's bringing in these, these stalks of bamboo. Yeah, it's hot as hell. He comes in there. I can tell he's sweating. And uh, he comes in there with the bamboo, and I was like, I was like, oh, you got some bamboo. You know what you can do with that? He's like, what's that? I said, this, he's, a, he's a very young 18-year-old. I said, you know what you can do with that, right? He's like, what's that? I said, you can make yourself a pan flute. He's like, a what? I was like, do you know who Zamfir is? Yeah. He's like, no. I said, okay, well, your job on your lunch break is to look up Zamfir. And when I come back from lunch, you can tell me who he is. Dude. Dude. Say, run, go run along now. Go find out Zamfir. I'm gonna culture you, boy. But then he's like, then he's like, well, how do you how do you make the different notes with the with the bamboo stalks? I was like, well, I think that you know, you just cut the different lengths of them, kind of like the water trick with the glasses. You know, they, yeah. they make different whatever. If you have bottles and you put different level of water in there, uh, so he was actually that, interested. Oh, dude, he was—he suddenly was very interested in this. I was like, dude, anybody—you could make—you could make a band flute. 
Zamfir. Hey, he he hasn't <laughs> left this world, but he hasn't come out in a while. You can feel that spot. Dude, I'm telling you, it's freaking it's uh there was there was a years ago there was this little ski place that was probably about forty minutes away from here. Uh, this place called Lost Valley. And the coolest thing about Lost Valley is that it was not a very big, you know, ski area. Well, it, with the uh, name called Lost Valley. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was... It's like it was, the Bermuda it, Triangle of skiing in May. Right, right. <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, it was, that's where, when I was a kid, that's where I went to go learn how to ski because they had little, they had ski lessons and it was all sponsored through the recreation department and all that kind of thing. Uh, and they had night skiing, which that was the coolest part about Lost Valley because they had the whole hill was lit up. So you could go in the middle of the night, you'd ride the, the lift up to the top. And like I say, it wasn't a very big hill, but it was kind of cool to go, you know, at night, you know, it's dark out and you can still go skiing. You go down to this little lodge at the bottom where you could get like a hamburger and French fries or whatever. Uh, but they used to have this commercial. They used to have this commercial on uh, on television for Lost Valley and the music that they played for the commercial was Zamfir. It was this like I'll never forget this melody of this freaking song and you know and that stuck in my head and there were commercials on TV for freaking Zamfir. You could buy like his album on television. Wow, you know Andrew (laughs) probably knows more about this dude than I do at this point. You know, he's probably from like Peru or something. I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna come to work one day and start jamming out on pan flute that he made. He should. He should. So I told I told you that that whole thing with that dude Ray at work giving me the harmonica. No. Yeah, he comes up to me one day. The Lithuanian dude that I work with. Yeah. And I'm washing this stories. Whatever. Uh, It's what, what can we what can we call this segment? Um, Ray's story of the day, or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like work with Ray. Work with Ray. Work with Ray. No, so like he, I'm washing my, I'm washing this boat. This was a couple months ago. I'm washing this boat, and all it's in the morning. All of a sudden, he comes walking out, and he's standing next to the boat, and he looks at me, and he's like, "What is special to you?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" I said, "What? What do you mean?" He's like, "What? What is special to you?" I was like, uh, my wife? He's like, no, 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 no. What is special to you? And all of a sudden, he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a freaking harmonica. Because he knows that I'm a musician. And he pulls out this harmonica and he hands it to me. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, I was like, you know, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, I found it in my garage, you know, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, And it's got a little sticker on it with the letter C. Because it's tuned to the key of c he's like what does the c mean i was like oh it's because it's you know it's in the key of c all the harmonicas you have to have a different harmonica for every scale or every key not scale but every key uh in order to be in tune with whatever the the you know song is you're playing sort of and uh well you know (laughs) i i I know you're i know you're virtuoso we're speaking to the layman here jb okay let's just Try and keep it on the level. <laughs> let's let's I'll, not go down that rabbit. It would have okay? been funny if we said the C stands for cock. So you've been right. putting your mouth on this, right? You've been oh! putting your mouth on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it stands for hepatitis C. <laughs> no, 
freaking like and I was, there like, is I, the e like i got dude i go to give it like i go to give it back to him and he's like no 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 that's that's yours that's yours and i'm like what okay that's awesome like Dude, he just found this harmonica and he knew I was a musician and he thought it'd be cool to give me something to play music on. First of all, <laughs> he thinks you're a musician. You should have told him right away you're a drummer. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Really, dude? <laughs> on our own internet radio program, you gotta play those old freaking... You gotta play those old records. You gotta play those old records. Oh, oh my god! Don't put those old records on the That's right, oh Uncle Bob. My god. Oh, Stop man. yourself. So, so you have? Where is it now? It's in my backpack. Oh, it's not in a place of honor. No, because I mean, I think really what I'm waiting for. I think what I'm really waiting for is a day at work when I don't have to come home at lunch. Mm-hmm. And because there have been a couple days at work where, like, we got a grill and, uh, uh, you know, my uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Scott, his son, Jesse, works there. He's like 30 years old, whatever. He's like, I talked about, I was talking about him the other day. He's like, freaking, you know, ninja with the boats and everything. Uh, but he has like a, a, I think it's like a Coleman grill or something. Not Coleman. What is it? Uh the freaking boxer there who did the grills made you know oh george foreman grill yeah it's like a, it's, i think it's something like that he, he you put like coleman fuel or something like that or i don't know what it is yeah it's just but a it's, little it's, stand-up one for right outdoors. exactly yeah, yeah, you yeah. just put it on a table and whatever but like we've had we've had a, a couple days this summer where like there was one day where at the beginning of lunch, I just ran over to the grocery store and got a big old thing of hot dogs and some buns and came back and we grilled up a bunch of hot dogs and just hung out and, you know, whatever. But I'm thinking, like, maybe next time we do that, instead of, like, leaving the stereo on, I'll whip out this freaking harmonica and just start jamming on it. Whoa, 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 wait. That's right, Jeremy. That's what I said. I will take no, the no, harmonica no. out and no, I will no. start jamming. Was this a brand new harmonica or like... no? No, 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 no. It's and this you're is gonna old. you're you're gonna play on that. What about a? Uh, yes, I am. What are you afraid that I'm gonna get gangrene on my fucking lips or something? Hey, man. So funny. Con- big Tales- River Harp. Listen to me. Oh, Big River Harp. Yeah. Big River Harp. Tales from the gig. Okay, uh, Honer. Yes. So yeah, made in Germany. It's right yeah. here. So is this is this okay? Man of man of the heart, pray tell. Is this a quality instrument? It's it's a very it's a quality instrument. Yes. Okay. Okay. But, very well. But done. let me tell you, uh, should I be scared to actually use this, or am I going to get like black lung or something? Uh... <laughs> it looks like it's barely been touched. I'll send you pictures. Uh, no, you don't have to. Um, you sure? Yeah, but so here you, you seem to you're, you're talking like you've got some sort of like terrible story that you're going to tell me now. I so tail like the, somebody got tales, popcorn lung or something. Tales from the gig. Okay, so we're at this bar and we're on a break, and you know, like my I have a harmonica like I, there's a box that I have that was that was made that I can put my harmonicas on a mic stand. Yes, right. And so on the break, I leave my harmonicas, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, go get a beer, whatever. 
<clears throat> and this is uh, we've had Scott. He was our drummer. Right. Um, there's this lady who was obviously drunk, starts like goes towards the harmonica box and he's still in the area and he sees this whole thing happening. And there's another guy who's in a different band that's watching us. He sees this from afar and, and she was starting to reach into my harmonicas and Scott immediately goes over. There's like, Hey, what's going on? He tries to be, you know, nice. What's going on? Like, he, like, oh. You really, you really shouldn't touch those. Well, he's, she's, what's going on? It's like, oh, he has so many harmonicas and stuff. And then she just literally picks one up and starts playing on one. Did he tell? Did he tell her that you had hepatitis C? Well, he just he he said, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, because like you can't even imagine somebody just picks up your instrument without even asking or whatever. Just starts like, "Oh, let's start like, sucking on this," right? And then puts their mouth on it and right we're talking about instruments people like somebody uh, grabs somebody somebody grabs your sax yeah and, and this they is, stick the mouthpiece in their mouth this is prior to covid <laughs> you know what i mean and i don't know oh, who this lady my is. And, yeah and, and i'm not around whatsoever and there's another guy and so i come in from i was outside i think talking with like our bass player or something like that and i come back in and he's like hey bro you better go check her harmonicas because some that that lady over there started playing on them. And I was like, "What? You better ha- you better ask her if she has anything catching." And I was like, "What?" And Scott was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I tried to catch." I'm like, "What the fuck was going on?" And and I didn't talk to her because you know, I just so I'm like, "How many is she playing?" She's like, "Just one. Which one? That one? Okay." And so the harmonicas that I play on are stainless steel. Yeah. So easy, right? I can just go in the bathroom and wash it off because stainless steel is not going to rust. The one that you have is brass, right? Okay. So brass rust. If it, if it's been played and you know doesn't properly, depending on what you drink and you know if you're drinking water or you're... yeah, I can tell by looking at it that it. I mean, it looks like the sort of innards of it are brass. Yeah. So so you know. Uh, what what okay okay since you're do do us all a favor (laughs) since you already explained to us how the internet works uh can can you explain to the lay of life to to the lay no 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 no. to the to the layman to someone who doesn't know how does a harmonica work because i want to know how you ever seen a grown man naked jimmy Because you think you think when you see the you think when you look at the harmonica and you think like oh it's got these holes so I'll just like I could look through it but then when you look through the look at the holes you can't see it's through darkness it. right so it's, it's a, when, it's a when, tunnel and then of when darkness you, and then when you breathe in, when you breathe out and then oh, you breathe you in ah! Ah! but you get two different notes you do yeah so because... how does that work how does that work so. So let's go. Let's talk about Honer. Uh, uh, we can talk about Seidel, like all, like the the two big. Uh, you don't need to throw, you don't need to throw names around. I'm just asking about no, no. the mechanical function. Because you have How to understand that like harmonica is like the like an accordion are very closely related. Okay. Except like a, an accordion provides you have a pumping action that provides the air. 
Right. right? Whereas harmonica, you it's provide your mouth. the air. That's right. And then we can even go into pipe organ because pipe organs have reeds too. So there's we a, don't have to we don't have to go there. I mean no, that's that's a whole other level. There's there's the etymology to this, but but anyway, so there's there's ten holes and there's ten reeds. The lower notes have the long like you were talking about Zamfir and stuff. The lower right. notes have the longer reeds and the higher notes have the shorter reeds. Okay. And they've they figured out like uh, they can you can actually tune a reed. Like there so are, there's re- there's reeds in this thing? Yep. There's little bitty brass reeds. Wow. And that's that's one of the reasons why I play the harmonicas I do because they're stainless steel because as a sax player, my airflow from playing saxophone is very, very strong. You don't right. need you don't need a lot of airflow to play harmonica. And I would I would either bend the the reeds on a harmon on a brass harmonica out of tune or break them. And I've swa- I've almost swallowed a reed. No oh, good lord. Yeah, really? that was the scariest thing in my fucking life. Uh, I bet. Because swallowing something, you know, they're they're you know, metallic. I, yeah, that's about you know a half. Depending on which yeah. reed it is, about you know five eighths of an inch long. So you're saying that the reeds that are in this thing are brass; they're not stainless steel. Correct. And, okay. And so the ones that are that when you you blow air out, yeah, are are facing towards you, and the air passes over. There's the reeds are in a slot. When the air yes. passes over that, and they're they're a little bit above it, then it makes noise. And then the ones when you're drawing out. Are facing passes away. over a different read. Yep. Oh, that's kind of cool. So I never knew that. There's two reed plates. Is what they're called, reed plates. Oh, cool. And, and yeah, you so, can kind of look inside and see the little tiny little reeds, like you're talking about. Yep. And so then, when when you when you blow out on a C harmonica, you're playing right. a C chord. You can go up that entire harmonica, and it's C E G C E G repeated for ten for ten holes. Hmm. So, conversely, when you draw in, it's a G chord. It's the five chord. Or, sorry, the four chord. It's it's an F chord. Okay. Oh, so we're filling in all the notes of the key. Yeah, but it's it's not chromatic. That's a diatonic harmonica. So, you don't have all the notes of a scale. Some of them you have to bend. And some of the notes you can bend uh, to to fill in the blanks of those. Now, there, there are some really awesome musicians... A harmonica player that can play a chromatic scale on a C harmonica, like up and down the whole thing. Right. That's like that's really interesting, man. I like honestly, I, I mean, I think it's such a cool little instrument. And I've never spent any sort of real time. I just you know mess around on it. Not just not this one particularly, but you know, and it's it actually to you know now that I think of it, when I retired from the Marine Corps. Uh, we had stopped to visit friends in uh, Tennessee, and my friend Zach actually gave me a whole case of different harmonicas. What's his last name? Uh, Kaiser. Um, he he was a, a CS career specialist in the in the Navy. <clears throat> he was one of our neighbors out in San Diego, and he had retired a few years before I did had settled back home in his hometown in Tennessee. So we stopped there to see them and he gave, this is sort of like a gift to me. Um, but it was, yeah, like a whole collection 
of these different harmonicas and various keys. And you know, the thing about the harmonica, like, first of all, you need to understand that in 1918, World War I and World War II, like, you were issued a harmonica. Oh, I didn't know that. GIs were issued because it could fit in your pocket. It was more of a morale thing than anything else. Um, well, sure. No, and, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's 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 a means to be able to, you know, it's a, a means to be able to, you know, create music. It's in the palm of your hand. Yep. You can fit in I mean, what, what, what else do you, aside from a mouth harp? Yeah. I mouth mean, what else are you, exactly. Like, what else are you going to be able to use that you could just stick in your pocket and make music like that i mean very few you know very few instruments are gonna be able to do that and 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 it is a more of a it's a it's a chord instrument but then as it's evolved in in popular music you know then it became more of a soloing instrument but yes you know um yeah and it's it, it the harmonica has a very long long history um it's 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 a very old like there there are uh reed instruments like from asia that predate the harmonica that look like it looks like like a zamphir type of pipe but then right so you, so you have the pipes but then inside the pipes you have the reeds and it's just more for projection than anything else okay yeah that's really cool like i say i mean I just I've, I've joked before at work about how like if we have one of these cookout days that maybe I'll whip this thing out and you know jam around on it or something give everybody a little live entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you could play Piano Man, the intro to Piano Man. Oh, yeah, what? Oh, whatever. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> maybe maybe some Alanis Morissette, you know? Yeah. Go, oh, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need all that. I don't need all that man hatred in my life, dude. Sorry. <laughs> No, leave leave that to I leave that to the to the ladies. Leave that to the ladies. The ladies. So what yeah. you got for YouTube Thursday? You said you were gonna oh. bring it, man. Oh, YouTube Thursday. Said I was gonna bring it. Yeah. You're like, I gotta bring it for YouTube Thursday. I can re- I can replay the No, oh, you can replay that thing for us. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh my goodness. Actually, I've got. Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, I can. So, so I don't know if mine, like I, today, happened to be where uh, Anthony was on a a live stream that was being live streamed to YouTube. But mine, it's funny, dude. You would love it. It's and I don't even know. I, I think it popped on my our stream because you know I listen to Jocko Wilnick a lot. But uh, it was uh, Coast Guard. It's a, it's a Coast Guard video, right, produced by the Coast Guard about their boot camp, but it's as narrated by a oh. veteran Marine. Oh, oh my really? God, dude. Really? Oh, yeah. And this dude is hardcore Marine. Uh, you got to share that. Oh, my God, dude. He just commentates on, like, it's, 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 it's you know, a, an in-depth look on their, their, their boot camp. <laughs> and a Marine. And there's a That's... part two. I didn't watch the part two yet. But the part one is fucking hilarious. That's got to be awesome. <laughs> That's got to be awesome. But but today, uh, I watched the live stream because uh, Anthony was on with another blues artist and uh, a lady named Tina Terry. 
who has her own agency and talking about just a little bit of everything. But the, the, the scariest thing for, for all you people in the state of, of music out there, uh, they talked about that, you know, and how they've adjusted to that and how like, you know, they, they all seem to think that touring music isn't going to turn back on until next April. At, oh, no, I, at the I earliest. Don't. Yeah. But it's, it's sad because I, I had uh, texted Anthony where Third Man Records, who that's owned by Jack White from the White Stripes, yeah. is having kind of a fire sale on equipment. And he's selling, yeah. he's selling like pedals and guitars and stuff from White Stripe tours, like, you know, like staging and all that shit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, Dave, Dave Mustaine did that years ago. Like a couple of years ago, he, he had the same thing. He had all like a warehouse full of gear. Like stuff from going on tour and just like guitars and amps and and I, you know, and it was kind of weird because I, I, I don't know if he did that before he was diagnosed with because you know, Dave Mustaine had uh, from Megadeth had been uh, diagnosed with throat cancer, yeah, and um, I don't know if he, I don't know if he had actually done the fire sale before he was diagnosed or after. But it was crazy. Like they were selling all sorts of crazy things, man. I mean, if you were, if you were, a, a, if you were a, a musician and a, a Megadeth fan, it was just like, dude. I mean, this was heaven because you were. Just, it was unbelievable stuff. Um. So yeah, kind of a similar type situation. Uh. But it's cra- that's crazy to me, man. Like, you know, uh. Some responses I got back, like, man, it's everyone's hurting really bad. And, and I know there have been some prime, you know, musicians that because they can't go out and play and tour, like selling their guitars and all that. And there, there's there been one time where a fellow musician of, uh, you know, of mine that, that I have a good relationship with, I bought some stuff. And then later on, I said, hey, man, here. You can have this back because I think oh, yeah. I think it's a damn shame when when musicians have to sell stuff like that, and um, you know, like they're selling well, dude, their livelihood. Was, you know no, I mean? that's that's absolutely true. I mean, I don't know if I told you about this story. There was this friend of mine back home here, uh, guitarist, not professional, but you know has played guitar, loves music. Um, he and I grew up together. We're into a lot of the same kind of stuff. Uh, he had gotten married to this girl. He had, I think it was a BC rich and it was a one of a kind. And he got divorced and his ex sold it. Ugh. And he tracked that fucking thing down. JB. He tracked it down like on Facebook Marketplace and found the guy who owned it here in Maine and years later bought it back from the guy. Oh, see, that's cool. I mean, it was, and the look on his, he like got a picture, 
you know, like his wife, his new wife had like taken a picture of him with this guitar. I was like, that is insane. I mean, everything he went through when he lost that guitar and to finally have it back. I'm like, that's just an incredible story. And I, and I know there's musicians like I have a couple of things that I have like that, but I don't normally sell. I'll trade. I, I, yeah. I'm, I believe in the art of trading stuff. You know, I'm in the trading cards. Um, right, right. But, but even like I had this, this acoustic, this Gibson is like a 1962 Gibson acoustic guitar. Yeah. That I traded this guy for two amps. Right. So then I traded one of those amps for a guitar that an electric guitar that I always wanted a 339 Gibson. Yeah. Uh, and then I traded that 339 for another guitar that I always wanted, which is the Les Paul, which I have in my possession now. 120th anniversary of Les Paul. Um, okay. But damn, I wish I had that fucking oh, that acoustic guitar back. Well, dude, there's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there are things like that, I think, that for any, for every musician, there's, I know there is for me. I mean, I think about, I had a Yamaha recording series drum kit that I bought when I was, a, it was the summer after my freshman year at Berkeley. And man, I wanted this drum set so bad and I bought it and my, like, and I admit, like I got some help from my parents. They sort of went, like I worked all summer, saved up my money. I wanted a quality professional grade kit and uh and it was expensive at the time and i bought that thing and i dragged it around especially after i joined the marine corps i mean i dragged that thing around for years and years and years and i finally sold it because i was you know being that's the thing about being a military musician is that you have access to instruments every single day yep. you're never like oh man i wish i had that thing like you, you go to work and you're surrounded by instruments. So I don't necessarily need, to, I, at the time it was like, I don't need to have my own instrument. And this is a drum set, you know, so I can't just set it up in my townhouse and it'll be in storage. Well, that's the thing. And, and that's what it was. It was like, I would, I, for a while I had it set up, but I had like these, these rubber pads that would sit on the heads so that it didn't make too much noise and that kind of crap, you know, and it was just it's frustrating. You know, I, I finally got to the point where I was like, I'd rather have an electronic kit that I could set up and put headphones on and play. And, and, and I, so when I sold, I sold that Yamaha kit that I had owned for years, um, and I bought an electronic kit, which was awesome. The Roland kit was unbelievable. But there's, dude, there's always, like you say, I mean, there's always, there's like, there's, there's always going to be a place in my heart for that old Yamaha that I had, because I loved that thing. It was such, an, it was such a great drum set. Now, um, the coolest thing is, is that uh, the family saxophone that my aunts and uncles learned how to play saxophone on. And then uh, I learned how to play saxophone on. Yeah. Uh, once I went away for college, you know, I didn't play on that thing anymore. It's a very beginner saxophone. 
Sure. Um, and I don't know what it was, but like I said, hey, you know, when I was in the military, I was like, Dad, where's where's that saxophone at? And and uh, his his sister had it, my aunt, right? And I was like, oh well, can I get it back? Well, I don't know. You have to ask her. I was like, what? Because it was mine. Right. It was bequeathed to me. And right. so it's like. Oh. Well, we're shifting like, into uh, your driving. Yeah. So, so anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. We just like shifted into a weird gear there real quick. But it was mine. And, and for the longest time, you know, I couldn't get it back. Oh, that sucks. Well, I, I have it now. Do you really? Yeah, and what's cool is that, you know, my dad, uh, he played guitar, and he had his hippie stage in the 70s, and he, right. he saw Hendrix, and, you know, all this. He, when, when he first gave me that instrument, he was like... He certainly didn't, he certainly didn't see Hendrix in the 70s. Or 60s. <laughs> but but, uh, but he, uh, he said... you got dark, I'm sorry. He, he's, got a, he's got a name. You got to name your, that instrument, because... Every musician, when you get your instrument, you got to name it. I've never done that. Never done it. Well, I know some people who do. And maybe it's hard as a drummer because you got like I've got this whole array of of instruments. I don't know. I have like thirty harmonicas in my case. I'm not gonna name. It. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. I think it's more of a guitar thing, whatever. But anyway, so you look at it. And you you look at your case of harmonicas, and it's the it's you you refer to it as like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> Why not? You know, voices of Jesus. Yeah, why not? But so anyway, I named the saxophone Bertha. Oh, okay. I have no idea why I did that. I, I don't know. But that's a very strong German name. Is Bertha? Is that is that a German name? Oh yes. Well, anyway, so I was. Yeah. So I inscribed on the bell of the saxophone with like with a with a a, a screwdriver. Bertha. Good. <laughs> Why not? I'm, you know, I was, I was twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Why like, not? Yeah. It made it, it. It made it yours. It made it yours. Oh yeah, dude. But you know what? And I still have Bertha with me. I haven't played on Bertha in a while though. And yeah, it, it needs a lot of love. Bertha, she needs a lot of love. But I named my guitars, and my wife has always asked me, "What's the name of your guitars?" I'm like, well, that's between me and the guitar. Oh, shit. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> she wants to know if any of them are named after her. <laughs> ah, she has to know better than that. She's got April. April, you got to know better than that. Uh, you know how that works. You know how that works. So anyway, for, for, for Thursday, you, uh, YouTube, to be honest, I've got, uh, it was really interesting. I, I've probably mentioned him before on the show, but my friend uh, Adam Pezdek out in San Diego. I didn't know his for, last name, but you have mentioned Adam before. Yeah, he's a former Marine. He's a, a band director out there now. Uh, Valhalla High School. Valhalla. Uh, I know, Valhalla. Uh, until Valhalla, but the, you know he's got a great program going out going on out there. Obviously, with the COVID thing, it's really a challenge. 
but he's making it happen. Um, and he, even when he was active duty, something that Adam used to do on the side was that he would actually write uh, field shows. Like he would write all sorts of stuff, arrange all sorts of stuff. Uh, but he would, uh, he would do arrangements for people's, he, he knew band directors that would contact him and say, hey, you know, could you write a field show for my band for this, you know, competition season this fall? And so that was sort of a side hustle for him. Um, but now he's got his own, you know, he's got his own, uh, you know, school, his own band. And so he sent me this uh, this arrangement that he had done. It was a string arrangement of Solitude by Black Sabbath that he's going to do with his, that he wants to do with his, his high school students. Um, and it's a, a, an incredible arrangement. Uh, and I, and I, I really respect the fact that he, uh, he is a true lover of music. I mean, uh, but Adam is not afraid to get way deep into like, you know, the deep tracks and solitude is a deep, Black Sabbath track uh, so he you know he, he did this arrangement it's beautiful I won't I'm not going to share his arrangement on our show but I'll, I'll share the uh, the YouTube video uh, which is basically it's Black Sabbath uh, solitude with the lyrics and everything very unlike what I think a lot of people imagine when they think of Black Sabbath a lot of people think of like Iron Man or Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and that kind of thing Solitude is a completely different type of tune, uh, very heady sort of tune. Um, but what was very weird was that I listened to this arrangement that he had done, and it was in the morning. First thing, I'm having coffee, and I'm, li- you know, I heard it, and I was like, "Oh man, that's really cool. That's awesome. What a great treatment of the of the tune." And for some reason, all of a sudden, what kept jumping into my head was the song Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> really? Dude. And I, I said this to him. I reached out to him. I was like, dude, honestly, one of the craziest things is that ever since I heard your arrangement of Solitude, all I can keep singing to myself is Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler. And he was like, he, of course, he responded and he was like, oh man, that's really funny. And really what it is, is that the first three lines in the melody of Solitude, the first, uh, first three notes of the melody are the same first three notes from Fiddler on the Roof, Sunrise, Sunset. Busted. But I, I didn't know that. I just, I was like, I knew, I mean, he, we were talking theory and all that stuff earlier. And he's that guy who gets to that level. I I don't. I just I can I hear like a similarity there, in uh, uh, you know harmonic context. I guess if you want to put it that way, uh, or relation in some sense. But like I say, it's just it was it was very just interesting. Like how things like that will jump into your head, and I know that happens to everybody. You don't have to be a musician to have that happen to you. Like. You know, you'll hear something and then it'll totally remind you of something else. And you'll, you're like, how the hell are these things related? But uh, yeah, I'll share that on the page. It was a really, really, really cool thing. I mean, 
if at some point if he has an like official sort of recording of his band doing this, I'd I'd love to share it because I, I it's a he he did the arrangement for string orchestra, um, and it came off really really nice. So that sounds yeah, cool, man. man. You know, I mean, he does he's done just all that crazy kind of stuff. He'll take stuff way out, sort of like he's a huge Cure fan. I mean, he'll d- take stuff like that and arrange it for you know a pop group or like a like a show band with horns and that kind of thing. So very cool stuff. But, uh, but anyway, no, totally awesome, man. This is a great conversation today. (laughs) Learn something new, learn about how harmonicas work and, you know, get gifts from friends at work and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, man. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that John Popper, his, uh, his biography is called suck and blow. (laughs) Well, that's what he does in the harmonica world. In our, no, we call it. You do blow, but you draw in. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. So, of course, of course, of course, of course. Naturally, uh-huh, naturally. yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm a drummer. That means I'm a beater, not a blower. So uh, suck on that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> for everybody who's out there checking out the show again, thank you so much for tuning in and checking us out. Tell your family, tell your friends. And we'll be back on Monday. I've got a very special treat on Monday for New Music Monday. Yes. Um, if you've been paying attention to the music in the background today, you might catch a hint of where I'm going with that. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. All right, later, later. Bro.